0: It was only a matter of time, exactly what markets have been predicting. It finally seems to be happening. It's everywhere, it's widespread. It continues to get progressively worse. We're talking about curves, crude, pretty much the entire financial marketplace. They are gearing up for deflationary recession, big developments all over the world today. But it's not every marketplace. Some like US stocks, are looking at what's going on very differently. And what is going on? In gearing up for deflationary recession, markets are sending very strong, aggressive signals that rates are about to go lower. Where there's this widespread belief that rate cuts, lower rates, those are actually good things, good signs. In the stock market in particular, there's this idea that first of all, rate rate hikes, higher interest rates, are the reason why we're in this situation to begin with, or potentially in this situation to begin with, because quite a lot of stock market optimism is still about a soft landing that gets far more distant with each of these developments, as we'll see in just a few moments. But the stock market believes, okay, we've got rate hikes are a problem. Therefore, if rates start to go down as they are currently in the marketplace and soon to be in policy, then that will just cure the problem. If rate hikes are the issue, rate cuts are the answer. That's one reason why stocks continue to defy other markets that are more aggressively becoming pessimistic, really pessimistic, to the point of, as I said in a few videos ago, outright fear. The second reason is, okay, the stock market says, sure, we see that maybe there is a recession development. After all, what's going on in the oil market? Maybe there is a recession, but, But the Federal Reserve, the ECB, central banks have the ability to offset the weakness. They can save our bacon in the nick of time with those aggressive rate cuts. So if the market is pricing aggressive rate cuts, that will be the answer to our problem too. Sure, we'll have a mild contraction, but it won't be that big of a deal because rate cuts are powerful stimulus, just like rate kikes are powerful contractions. So stock market... Bond market, difference of opinion, not unnecessarily what's happening, but what it actually means. We've been through this situation before several times. The big example, the prime example, we have to go back to 2008. And I'll get to some of the other examples in just a moment. But in 2008, we were in a very similar situation, though key differences, which I'll go over too. The situation in April of 2008 was... In far, as far as the economy goes, it seemed like, okay, it was getting weak, but it wasn't going to be too weak. The, the system had faced down tremendous threats from the housing market. We had just lost Bear Stearns a month before, and yet everything seemed to be holding up relatively well. As I talked about yesterday, victim of non-linearity here. But as far as Ben Bernanke and the Federal Reserve, and therefore the mainstream media, was concerned, while they had become increasingly disappointed with the slowdown in the economy, they were, as I just said, more and more optimistic about the effects of rate cuts to buoy the economy, to steady the system, to even spark a rebound in the second half of 2008. Bernanke actually said so. This is April of 2008, in front of the Joint Economic Committee in Congress. As you know, in response to the further weakening of economic conditions, the Federal Reserve has continued to ease the stance of monetary policy. Ease, they always say. The FOMC has reduced its target for the federal funds rate by a total of 125 basis points in January. That was in a two-week stretch. And by an additional 75 basis points at its March meeting after Bear Stearns, leaving the current target at two and a percent, three percentage points below its level last summer. As the committee noted in its most recent post-meeting statement, we anticipate that these actions, together with the steps we've taken to foster market liquidity, how did that work out, will help promote growth over the time and to mitigate the risks to economic activity. Now Bernanke even was asked about the, the idea of recession, which he dismissed and said recession is a technical thing. In response, he said, our estimates are that we are slightly growing at the moment. This is the first, first and second quarter of 2008. But we think that there's a chance that the first half as a whole might be a slight contraction. Exactly the, the scenario or one of the scenarios that the stock market is currently picturing for 2023 and 2024. Much necessary economic and financial adjustment has taken place. And monetary and fiscal policies are in train that should support a return to growth in the second half of this year and next year so he was basically saying in in explicit terms yeah we see the slowdown it might be a contraction but since we saw the slowdown since we recognized that we aggressively cut rates aggressively cut rates huge rate cuts january and march of 2008 that should be enough to avoid a recession no more than a mild downturn maybe tiny little contraction in the first half of 2008. they we're off to the races, at least a decent recovery second half of 2008 and 2009. Of course, with the benefit of hindsight, we know how that worked out, but we didn't need hindsight. Markets had said all along the situation was far, far more serious than they were taking it. The economy looked okay, But underneath it was being rotted away by financial, really monetary difficulties, deflationary money that was destroying potential and actual activity as we went along. You couldn't see it unless you really, really started to look for it, unless you paid attention to these market signals that central banks would prefer you not pay attention to. Instead, they want to hype up rate cuts and rate hikes and interest rate policies as the end-all be-all of everything in the economy. But, as some Federal Reserve officials will admit, and some most will do so in private, rate cuts are nothing more than symbolism. Here's Kevin Warsh, a Federal Reserve governor, in October of 2008, talking about globally synchronized rate cuts in response to the worst panic since the Great Depression. On the policy front, in thinking about this as a global synchronized rate cut, it strikes me that the first two words of that phrase are far more important than the last two and that the focus on global synchronized action is an important symbol to the markets, not just here, but abroad. Rate cuts are symbolic. That's all they are, which is why you should never depend much on them. The Federal Reserve's interest rate policies, in particular, the rate cut aspect to them, they are reactive. They don't fix the problem, they recognize that there is a problem. And the more aggressive they get, the more you know there is a problem in the system. If the Fed can see it too, and feels I need to cut rates like it did in 2008, early 2008, January and March, that's telling you, hey, we're getting really concerned about the potential downside here. Rate cuts are a reaction to problems already evident in the system. They don't solve it, they tell you it's there. So if the marketplace today is pricing an aggressive series of rate cuts from monetary policymakers all over the world, that's not, hey, the, 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 the Fed or the ECB is gonna come in and fix our problem. That's the situation has gotten to be so bad that even policymakers are going to have to respond to it, even though they would prefer not to. That's the situation that we see with rate cuts. And just a reminder, this is something that we talk about and I write about all the time at our Deep Dive Analysis Research Subscriptions at Eurodollar University. There are a couple other subscriptions. There's a daily briefing that keeps you up to date on macroeconomic topics, as well as what's going on in the marketplace, but it's a briefing. There's was also Eurodollar memberships where we go into the background behind the Eurodollar system. But the deep dive analysis, what are these curves telling us? What's the economy really doing? What's the history and background behind some of these things that we see more and more uh, as we move along? And watch out, there's going to be a Christmas sale for the subscriptions, a pretty good one too. That's coming up in the next couple of days. So, so stay tuned for that. A counterpoint that people like to make, especially those focused on the positive aspects of the stock market to all of this rate cuts don't mean anything is 2019. In response to unexpected weakening that markets were predicting well ahead of time, late 2018 into early 2019, Jay Powell said, ooh, yeah, I see this too. And like I said before, reacting to the weakness that was already taking place, the Fed by the summer of 2019 started to cut rates. Now they got into three of them and there is an argument to be made that those three rate cuts helped avoid recession, but we'll never know for sure because along comes pandemic overreactions and lockdowns that took center stage and basically erased the, whatever potential there was going to be from the 2018-2019 downturn. I personally think it was going to be a recession, but there's no way to tell either way. So at the best, it's inconclusive, the 2019 case. But it doesn't really apply here because the marketplace, as 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 much as it was warning about the the, the direction of the economy and the direction of the monetary system in 2018 and 2019, it was nowhere near what we see today over the last seven months, really since Silicon Valley Bank and the bank crisis that I've talked about recently. Essentially, the markets have gone way, way beyond even the worst case scenarios that were priced in in 2019. So even if the Fed did save the economy in 2019, which it didn't, trust me, even if the fed even if it did happen it wasn't as much of a downturn scenario as we're seeing now again the the markets the inversions they're more like 2007 2008 than they are 2019 which only raises a key question here what is it what is going wrong here in 20 in 2007 2008 the answer was I don't want to say obvious because most people ignored it. Uh, there was the feeling that the economy was doing just fine regardless. But we knew once, once it became clear that there was a massive recession happening, it wasn't difficult to figure out what happened, where it came from. Subprime mortgages were just the tip of the iceberg, but essentially you had something going wrong that everybody could see. We had a housing bubble, the housing burst that led to financial difficulties that were due to monetary shortages, the part people don't know. But essentially you, it, wasn't, it wasn't difficult to put pieces together. In 2023, heading into 2024, we don't have that same type of thing. There's not this big shiny object we can all look at and say, this is the problem that's leading to all of the rest of the, prob- the, the issues that we're facing now, the uncertainty that becomes less and less uncertain by each of these market moves. And the answer is 2020, the supply shock, all of it. Essentially, what happened was we destroyed an enormous amount of economic potential in the lockdowns of 2020 and 2021, and then tried to cover them up with an explosion of artificial nominal activity essentially the price illusion. While activity never really came back from the lows, it came back quite a bit, but it didn't come all the way back, we've been focused on the price illusion, nominal. It looked like the economy was red hot when that was only a one-time thing. And over time, the situation, as markets have been pricing all along, at some point we would have to revert to economic potential. And so what if, economic potential isn't as shiny and robust as everybody's been saying red hot from 2021 forever forward what if when we instead of activity reverting upward to where prices were or nominal levels were what if nominal levels have to revert downward to where activity has been all along in that case the adjustment period from the artificial high of the last couple of years to actual potential, which may be way down here, is likely to be nasty and deflationary. Deflationary recession. It's an adjustment, a reversion, not to the mean, but to actual potential, which which wasn't good to begin with before we got to 2020. And it's likely gotten much worse Afterward, the impacts of the pandemic lockdowns are going to be felt for an extremely long period of time. So, as I said in the introduction here, we got lots more developments in the marketplace, some key moves. Crude oil prices, that's a big one that fell below $70 at $69.44 just before I started recording. Uh, more than just the fact that it's down, down below 70 again, that's in the face of OPEC's production cuts and likely to be more. The market just is not convinced that supply restrictions, even as much as they've been so far, are going to rebalance the market. But Demand is just being destroyed too quickly here. We see that in the form of contango on the futures curve. And contango is a situation where the market is rewarding more oil being diverted into storage because it can't be used in the current marketplace. And contango is now spread all the way out to June, 2024, at least in the intraday. So we're talking uh, markets that are almost a dollar, a dollar upside down, contracts are upside down. The the June contract is a dollar into contango, which is the market saying, we really don't believe the, that any even supply cuts here are going to to rebalance supply with falling, aggressively falling demand over the next about six months here. Even though OPEC just just announced production cuts, the market's saying it won't be enough. Demand is looking that questionable, that much it, that much like it's being destroyed. That contango is spreading. In contango, we see this uh, really over the last decade when contango shows up on the wti futures curve that usually means oil prices are going lower and it almost always associate it is almost always associated with the worst parts of these euro dollar cycles so contango is indeed a one of those signals that you want to pay attention to and it's even more so in the face of the situation that we've had over the last couple of years where supply has been at times the biggest issue And OPEC and Saudi Arabia would like to make supply the biggest issue today. It's just that demand continues to fall off aggressively. That's the word we need to keep in mind going forward, aggressively. In addition to oil, I've talked about, you know, interest rate swap spreads. That was yesterday videos. Forward interest rate markets, which are looking fearful. Yield curves. Now, the yield curves are moving toward what looks to be a setup before the bull steepener case, but they're not there just yet. In fact, what we see is that aggressively, interest rates at the long end are falling, are going lower, but they're going lower much faster than those at the short. In fact, right now the short end is kind of creeping down while much of the buying has been focused at the long end of the curve. Growth in inflation expectations, anyone? Essentially unwinding the September sell-off. As I told you during September, And now the market is unwinding that sell-off in interest rates in the bond market. It's unwinding it as they revert, interest rates long, and interest rates and expectations revert to the fundamentals that have been more aggressively priced into the marketplace over recent weeks. Essentially, we see the 10-year down to 412 today, which matches the 5-year the 30-year long bond at 422. Remember that horrific long bond auction earlier in November? Yeah, that's a distant memory these days. Essentially again, the marketplace is this is the precursor stage to the real bull steepener, which is the long end goes long end currently is going down faster than the short end, and the actual bull steepener will be when the long end continues to go down, but it is aggressively joined by the short end which will go down faster than the long end will because the long end needs to go down first because it's unwinding the September sell-off. But either way the, this these actions in the yield curve are simply matching what we see in all of these other esoteric curves as George Gammon likes to call them whether it be forward rates or derivatives like interest rate swap spreads which are signaling the fundamental case behind lower long term rates. And that fundamental case has remained throughout a reversion to potential. We go through the supply shock, which means we have to get to the other side of it. And the other side of it is not happy days, inflation, aggressive growth, all of those things. The market is pricing the fact that we're getting closer and closer and likely are into the deflationary recession that accomplishes that reversion to potential. That's been the potential all along. And now the more aggressive reaction in the marketplace, including an expectation for an aggressive move lower in interest rates, that's the deflationary recession. Again, rate cuts are not gonna fix it. They will be a reaction to it. Really all that will be is just confirmation of what markets have been telling us all along. And markets are already telling us to be prepared for. So as crude oil goes below $70 per barrel, the contango really gets bigger and bigger here again, almost 80 cents to the three month spread. It's really dropping quickly. The markets are saying, we are seeing all of the warning signs we associate with the deflationary recession that we've been expecting All this time, and now it seems to be here, all of the artificiality of the last couple of years, including what steadied the economy in the middle part of this year after the banking crisis, those have faded, faded more completely. And now the downside cases and some of the worst downside cases continue to show up in the marketplace. We have to be prepared for what what that actually means. So we've got forward rates, we've got swap spreads, we've got yield curve compression, we've got yield curve inversions, we've got crude oil, we've got lots of financial signals all over the place that are pointing in the same direction. Aggressive, aggressively lower interest rates. But aggressively lower interest rates are never a good You got to see what's been going on in forward rate markets, too. That's the video I did a couple days ago, and it is linked below me for your convenience. As always, I thank you very much for joining me. Huge thank you, Eurodollar University subscribers and Eurodollar University members. And if you wish, if you're looking to become one of those, there's a sale coming up at our website, Eurodollar.university. And until next time, take care.